are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, 
Only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio. Only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio. Only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio. Only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio. Only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio. Only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio. Only on The Culture. It's Saturday. I may have lost a little bit of the top of my head, but it's still there. Don't worry about the image. Uh, You know, it's a good thing that I am (laughs) the type of person who always train themselves to react to a given situation because I know everything can change. And as far as I was concerned when I was younger, training yourself to be aware that in the middle of wonderfulness, the sky can fall. So we're living in an era that's like that, whether people recognize it or not. So often you won't see that I post a subtitle You know, what have we got to lose? I leave up there because I want everybody to always remember we always have something to lose. And we lose what we may really value or need or want if we don't take care of it. So, not here for a sermon, but a day or two ago I kept toying with it and the subtitle for this week is A Pretend Leader Who Doesn't Recognize His Faults. And by the way, I don't expect him to ever recognize him. I am not one of those people who, from when he got in office, was saying, well, he has to learn to be presidential. In fact, you could see that the man, when he was making some of his early uh, speeches at his rallies in the beginning of his term, he was making fun of everybody who was saying he has to learn how to be presidential. He used to say, ooh, 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 like he's a robot walking up and back. You knew that the man didn't care. For the Republican convention, I don't know that we can really call it a Republican convention. We can call it Donald's convention because he doesn't care what label it is as long as everybody does what he wants. He took the White House, is no longer the White House, I guess, in his mind, It's the presidential palace. Now, he didn't call it that, but that's how he treated it. You'll hear all these things about the Hatch Act and this and that, and he's exempt, but they're not exempt. When you recognize, when you try and understand the person for how they care about people or things, you know, he trotted people out during the uh, Republican convention, such as he had those five immigrants who got their citizenship and he put them out there for show, but that was on tape. reason it was on tape was we found out later that they carefully selected these five immigrants that on site, I don't think he would talk to any of them, generally speaking, because that's the nature of him. He just discriminates against people for the stupidest reasons. But then it came out when the people heard about it, that they were on there, that they were recorded. They thought it was a... They were being treated to a special citizenship uh, award ceremony at the White House, so it made them proud. They were becoming a citizen, 
and the president was going to be there. But none of them knew that they were going to take snippets and put it out there, and he loved to talk about each one of how many languages, where they're from, what education they have. So he's trying to say, as he has said before, he's always put this thing out that we don't want anybody to just come here. We want people of quality. Well, it's really two things. It's people of quality or people who have enough money that he's willing to let them in because he knows he can't stop them, as I've taught people that if you have enough money, you can start up a business. I'm sure he'll get to that when he takes over more power if we're stupid enough to let him get reelected. Because that's what it will be. He took over the White House, and he's, he's saying, what are you going to do to me? You know? He delays every court case, and if he gets reelected, he's at a point. He had already made a statement in the last week or two, not that he hadn't alluded to it before, that when he gets reelected, he may dismiss his whole cabinet. Well, you know, that might not be strange because quite often a president may want a new cabinet for his next term, depending how the people worked. But if you've watched him, even the people he picked, his own people, he got rid of them if they didn't kiss his ring or bow down or uh, do what he wanted. I mean, allegiance is one thing. Loyalty and being his servant. The man is really sick when it comes down to it. And everybody better recognize it because he's throwing everything out there. And as I said last week or the week before, and I've said before, with what he's done with the postal system, with this postmaster general, and I've worked in postal facilities, Without those sorters, mail is not getting processed. I've found that mail coming to my house is slow. So he doesn't care if he, pardon my French, fucks up the whole mail system as long as it benefits him. Because he doesn't worry about what gets to him or what he pays. Who's going to tell him he forgot to pay his electric bill? When do you think he's going to have to answer that... Uh, we sent you a bill and you didn't pay it yet. Uh, it's late, do you know that? So you tell them, I never received it yet. And this has already happened to a lot of people I know. Uh, medicines will spoil, food stuff will spoil, a lot of stuff being shipped. So he doesn't care if he destroys the whole system because again, as I've tried to teach everybody, and by the way, in the last week, I've sent out two, let's call them emails, to groups that I can't call. People are more obscure the way they hide themselves and they're all experts at different things. And so what if you've got a perspective that you can recognize that there's a clear and present danger that they're not maybe looking at? Because the reason he obscures everything, if you go back to the beginning of the presidency, he was taught by his father to more or less take what you want, do it our way. Don't ask people to give you money. Just take control of budgets. Now, we all understand when we know how our government runs, and believe me, I've interacted with it throughout my life. Congress puts the budget together, it gets passed, and then the House of Representatives kind of holds the purse strings. However, once they've assigned a pot of money to the military, to the Veterans Administration, to this or that, these big chunks, 
as long as you kind of stay within that group and spend that money, they're not recognizing that you're misappropriating the funds from our treasury, our money. Because this man has bragged all his life, even if he's lying, but let's take him on his word, that he never pays taxes. When you think about caring, this is a man who, if you go back and study his history, his oldest children, Don, Eric, and I forget which one of the women, I don't think it was Ivanka, he was not around them for most of their childhood, but then, hey, he figures, what's the difference? Nobody was raising him during his childhood. He was kind of shifted around, sent to schools, and he had to take care of himself, so why don't they learn? He's not a family man, really. He trots the family out as long as they look good and he needs them to represent stuff and they do what he needs them to do. So if he didn't care for his family, don't get excited if you figure out that he doesn't care for any of us. He will, as Putin did, after Russia, the Iron Curtain fell, they became kind of an open democracy, they started holding elections, and then Putin got in there and he said, no, 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 no. I like the old way. I want to consolidate power and I'm in charge of the country. I say what goes or doesn't. Just because he's called the president doesn't mean it's a democracy. So that's what Trump is looking to do, little by little. Uh, that's why he tells you, don't trust the media, the courts, eh. Uh, they don't understand what they're doing. The generals, I'm smarter than all of them. You listen to what he says, but you see his shortcomings, because as I said before, at the beginning, he said that famous little statement, only I can fix it. Now, fix is an interesting term. It doesn't mean something's broken. It means that you want to make it to fit what you'd like to have happening. You know, in the old days when I was a kid, there was a famous term saying, the fix is in. That would mean that somebody already set up, let's say it was a fight or a game or something, and it was already, somebody was set to take a dive. It's illegal, you're supposed to be fair, you're supposed to fight to see who wins. But quite often, a lot of sports in the old days, people used to do things that were not kosher. <laughs> And it took a while to prove it. Uh, we've gotten better at recognizing it. Uh, when someone shaves some points off in the middle of a game, way back, you know, the bookies who paid someone off in the background. Well, when he says fix, he doesn't mean that something's broken. He means he wants to make it do what he wants. So every word in our language has multiple meanings, and it depends where you grew up, when, and how you look at everything. So again, if you look back at 2016 when he was running for office, and you look at the things he said 2020, they had it recently on one of the shows. They've gotten good at blending these things together and showing you that the man's saying the exact same thing that he said back then. He figured it worked. Why, why change it? So the similar words are there. I think it's a, a site called Recount. Not like they're recounting votes, but they're recounting what happened. Again, the word has multiple meanings. The first time when he announced he was going to run for president, he was in Trump Tower. And if you go back and look at that, 
where he gave that grand speech and pissed and moaned about Mexicans being rapists and drug dealers and everything else. He's always got to have scapegoats. When you find someone who has scapegoats, you're looking at a dictator usually because they don't want you to look at them. They know that they are weak, so they need you to focus your anger on something other than them. So be aware of that. When people need to put someone or something down, it's because they know they're inadequate. They will never admit it, but that's what they're doing. So when he first started to run in 2016, and he had this big crowd in the lobby and outside of Trump Tower in Manhattan, he came down this big main escalator. He descended from the heavens to us with Melania. He did the same thing on the last day of the Republican convention. He had himself on a balcony in the middle of the back of the White House on the second level, standing there, like a dictator or a potentate who's going to be up there viewing his subjects. Now, don't get me wrong. It happens in innocent ways when you see the Pope on a balcony at the Vatican. But he's not doing it because he feels everybody has to bow down to him, listen to him. He just draws big crowds, and he wants to be seen, so he stands up there. Well, in this case, Trump wanted to get up there and prove that he knew what he wanted. Oh, my technical people put something up. What I found really interesting that I heard nobody speak about it, maybe all over parts of the internet, but Trump is always doing things to assert himself and what he thinks shows the strength of him and his candidacy, his uh, rule, whatever. So you see that picture that's up there. I just found it because it had, when I was watching... And I watch everything. I like to know what my enemies or my friends or anybody is doing. So if something does occur, I'm ready to understand what's behind it or where it's going. So the picture that you're seeing on your screen shows Donald Trump during the convention. And behind him, above the big RNC letters, is an elephant, which is the symbol of the Republican Party. But you will note that that elephant is not just red, but it's like an elephant raging. He's got one of his legs up, his trunk is way up. I have not yet figured out what the symbolism is of the five stars, but I have found out that that elephant, when he originally decided, they were gonna, before this COVID stopped the normal conventions, he was going to hold it in Charlottesville. Well, Charlottesville paid money... Uh, My name? Oh, okay, yes, sure. So anyway, Lisa, hello again. Lisa Sarniak, Facebook, good morning from Detroit, one of the cities that President Trump threatened with federal agents yesterday. Anything that's democratic, this is like when Hitler said the Jews are bad. He knew they owned a lot of business and they had money, so he wanted to get them out of the way so they had less power so he'd have more power. And he knew a lot of people who were regular working people looked at them as being maybe bossy or maybe being highfalutin or whatever you want to call it. So Lisa, that's what Donald is following. 
Ronald Outlaw, this is a man who's been a, a family friend for many, many years. Good morning to him. I hope you and your family stay well and the state you're in, make sure you get all your neighbors, as I'm gonna tell everybody, to go out and vote. There's always early voting. Don't worry about mailing a ballot in. These people are trying to screw up any way that we, we vote. They cannot screw up if we get our ass out of bed, off our chairs, and we go vote in person. Do not be intimidated if he has people around there. You have your cell phone, call 911. Tell them there are people who are threatening people online. See if your local police know what to do. Jerry Olton, I've seen you on Facebook a few times. Uh, I haven't seen you send in something. Don, Eric, and Ivanka are his first three. Then it was Ivanka. Couldn't remember which one of the girls. And he abandons for at least 10 years. You're correct, Jerry. I didn't remember how long, but I knew he just didn't care what happened. He was too busy partying and going out and doing his thing. And when he knew they were going to be out there, he didn't want them to be a reflection against him. So he kind of took them under his wing at a certain point and put them in there and let them run certain things. Some of them are more capable than others, but they all know that they wouldn't have the houses they have, the money they have, if it wasn't for daddy. Daddy has made sure that they get that. Ivanka's slightly different. Jared had to take over his father's business when they found out his father was a crooked real estate person. So Jared was forced to take over and run it. So he became in charge of a rich empire. His father's back there again, and I don't know who's calling the shots. Jared isn't stupid, but he isn't really a caring human being from everything I've seen and everything I've heard. He is, again, someone who will do what's necessary. He came out the other day, and I think it was Jared who made that statement about the basketball players and the rest of that. Well, they make a lot of money. I guess they could afford to take a day off. You know, like uh, he's putting them down. He doesn't recognize what's happening out there because what's happening out there doesn't please him and his leader. What's happening is the ugliness of people not always treating each other like part of the same race, the human race. So no matter what I script, no matter what I pull up, there are a million things I could talk about. Every day, I get enraged that people are missing the main points of Donald. Donald has gotten hit for stealing money from his own charities and misusing it. Donald has gotten hit for setting up Trump University like he's going to educate people. Uh, if anybody's read everything, he hired someone to take his SATs. And I don't doubt that. It's not that he might not have done okay on it back then, but he wanted to make sure he got a good score so he could apply to universities easier. And we all know at this point, if we've read enough, that his bone spurs that he used to get his deferral instead of serving his country, they were all from doctors who rented office space within buildings that his father owned in Queens. So he's a man who bought, paid for whatever he needed to, but the big thing about Donald that he learned from his father when his father ran his real estate empire mainly in Queens 
And by the way, Donald blew all of that money. By the time his father died, there was maybe almost 400 million. Donald burned through that. Donald's father had to bail him out all the time. So this is a man who looks like a success, as I said, because of an illegal immigrant who came to this country, and I believe the man first started the series called The Survivor, and that was popular. Then he wanted something on the East Coast, so he came up with this apprentice thing, and Trump wasn't busy because he doesn't really work, so he built him into this fabulous businessman. Let me tell you, I worked in big corporations. I grew up in New York City. I dealt with people in almost every industry you could think about. I can't say these people are my friends. I grew up in a working class family. But as I went into corporations and moved up running tax departments and functions for finance and planning and strategy, I got to see what people were doing. I interacted with people in the old days from Goldman Sachs, uh, which is now one of the big powerhouses on the planet. And I interacted with a lot of the big investment houses. I had friends that I went to school with who worked at houses that used to be called factors, which were money lenders, fancy terms. So I got to see what was going on. My parents uh, forced me to get educated. I had seen nothing wrong with going into construction and like some of my relatives forming my own little company if I had to. But, you know, you try and be nice and listen to your parents. So I got educated. And then I used my brain to make enough money to pay my bills. I didn't kiss anybody's ass or ring or anything. So I didn't get paid as highly as other people. But they wouldn't get rid of me because I performed better than anybody else they could find. So I kind of bought my way through uh, my corporate days. But I got to see a lot of things. And again, because I had unique perspectives of how to structure a deal, how to deal with absolutely legally, no payments to anybody. That's what I prided myself on, that I could look at the laws, the rules, the regulations, and say, well, there's always more than, the old saying was, more than one way to skin a cat, but there's always more than one pathway. As I said, CPA to me, even though I got trained like every public accountant, but I never sat for the exam, I'm in corporate, I wasn't going to sign anybody's papers. And it would have obligated me to do things that would have wasted some of my time. But anyway, CPA to me always stood for critical path analysis. Uh, the subject I don't talk about, which I also just about had a major in, was statistics. So I've studied every way of looking at humanity, what we do, whether it's finance, accounting, taxes, economics, statistics, how to measure things, how to understand how things work, the process of life, let's call it, and how you get things done. And there are a lot of people who are trained economists with more background than I have, who wouldn't sit around telling you about how this chicken and egg thing that I grew up with, which came first, the chicken or egg, does it matter? We need both, one to get the other. But it made you think about a lot of things. And in my case, it made me think, well, how can I do things a different way, absolutely legal, and achieve the purpose. Maybe one way is an easier way. Maybe one way is harder, but it has more benefits. So that's how I look at everything. So when I watched Donald and I knew his background, he was always bragging that he never paid taxes. He was always using bankruptcy, but 
How do you go bankrupt all the time and live this high life and tell people how rich you are? It's almost an impossibility. So that meant he was cheating on a lot of things. And that's what Cyrus Vance, the New York DA, is after. That's what the attorney general from the state of New York is after. Not after his criminal acts, but just as the, the federal agents went after Al Capone for tax evasion, they didn't have to prove that he was doing illegal crimes. They could prove he broke the laws with taxes because he couldn't prove how he lived the way he did. So when you watch these people and you figure it out, Trump dips into whatever pocket he can and not his own. He never likes to spend his own money. So, in fact, he used the term OPM, which is not the Office of Personnel Management in the federal government, in some of the books that people co-wrote for him. OPM stood for other people's money. That's what the bankruptcies were about. He never invested his money in things. He either had people funding him or banks that would back his projects till he bankrupted enough projects that they said, we're not lending you money anymore. And the money they were lending him was our money. So the man has criminally misused our money. The same thing goes, here he is sitting there with a bank called the U.S. Treasury. So I knew he couldn't resist playing the game of what he knew of, how do I dip into the Treasury and put money in my pocket? The first simple one was, after when he was campaigning, he said, well, Obama goes on these golf holidays a couple of times a year. What does Trump do? The first two years in office, and I know you may have heard this from me, but I want to quantify it so you'll get why I talked about it. The first two years in office, all Republican Congress and Trump, one out of every three days, he was not at the White House, he was at one of his resorts. If it wasn't Mar-a-Lago, it was Bedminster, one of them. Now, okay, it's one of his homes, you could say. A man's entitled to go where he has a house or whatever. But the reason was, this is how Donald knows how to play take the money. Some reporter a couple of years ago figured out that when he goes to his resort, he bills the treasury for his room, for his kids' rooms, for his staff's rooms, for the Secret Service, and he charges them at the highest rate. He doesn't give them a bargain because they're there to protect his life. No, 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 no. He doesn't mind dragging all of them because every one represents another bill he can send to the Treasury to reimburse him for staying at his resorts. One reporter quantified it at one point and said, wow, between the room rental, the meals, the golf cart rentals, I mean everything, parking at the resort if they brought vehicles, there wasn't anything they weren't charged for. It came out to around a million dollars a day. That's a lot of damn money for going to his resort. So he put a million dollars into his resort any day he spent there. Any resort that he owned because of the people that he took along and the charges he sent to the treasury. So what happened? The first two years, one out of every three days, would be approximately 245 to 250 days 
that he spent at his resorts. At a million dollars a day, that's at least $250 million. That reporter who talked about it didn't go back and say, well, how many days has this man done this? So right there, Donald Trump took money out of our treasury, our taxes that we pay, that were in the treasury for running the government, not running his companies and enriching him. 250 the first two years <clears throat> just for staying at his own resorts. Oh, I was surprised that Tiffany Trump supported her dad and the governor of Texas sold out his citizens to Goldman Sachs. Lisa, they do this because, again, you got to remember, the Inquirer, a famous rag that trashes people that they sell in the aisles at supermarkets, was run by, I think it's David Pecker, and it was this whole thing a couple of years ago where they were saying, oh, he's got to stop this, got to stop that. David Pecker keeps information and buys information on anybody and everybody so that he has leverage. Just as if you read the history of J. Edgar Hoover when he formed the FBI, he kept dossiers on everybody so that if he needed leverage, he knew how to push them. Lindsey Graham trashed, trashed Donald Trump when Trump was first running. So did Ted Cruz, so did Marco Rubio. When he became president, all of them started kissing his ring. Lindsey Graham, who talked about the ugliness of what this man did, now defends him. So let me just say this. You can find something on anybody if you look hard enough. And depending on whether that person doesn't want you to out them and give this information out, they may go along with you simply because you're blackmailing them. So that's leverage that he uses. Then I'm glad that Kellyanne Conway is no longer working for the Dorito. <laughs> anyway, whether it's misspelled or not, Kellyanne Conway and her husband, George Conway, they're both attorneys. They have kids. Her husband is a very bright guy. He's a Republican. He is so anti-Trump. Just look him up, George Conway. Uh, and, you know, they live together. But, hey, there are couples who, uh, James Carville, famous Democratic uh, strategist. His wife, I forget her name. She was a famous Republican strategist. They've been together forever. They honor each other, but they fight for two different scenarios. So Kellyanne was going along with building her reputation and defending the man she helped put in the White House. She's now bowing out and going home. I hope that'll work out for her. Jerry Alton, remember, he said that Romney and the Republican Party kissed his ring when they come asking for money. That's exactly how he said it, because he thinks of himself. As you may have heard in the last week or so, they've found out that he's asked, what are the mechanisms to go through to put your face up on Mount Rushmore? If those four presidents are up there, he knows he's better than anybody else. He wants his face up there. Anyway, <laughs> the only stone that I think his face should be on would be his grave marker. Uh, and I don't say that because I want him dead. I just want him out of my government. And if everybody looks at what he did, he would be in jail. And again, the thing I filed, when they get enough commissioners, that thing is still valid. When they read it, 
There should be a lot of things they have to unwind. Francine Gonzalez, every dictator has done it. Perón, Hitler, Castro. Miller is the mastermind, and his own family disowned him. Miller is, you know, we used to joke, I'm of Jewish heritage. We're all of mixed heritage if we really go back. As I've said before, if you believe in the Bible, God created Adam and Eve, so we all come out of that pot. If you believe in science, DNA says that a woman they nicknamed Lucy in West Central Africa, we all carry her genes or down the pike from where she started. We have to understand, as I've said, it's our country. No matter how much money people have who back him, and during the Republican convention, more Republicans came out to say they're backing Biden because they finally recognize that this man, if he takes over the country by getting reelected, I don't think we'll have a hard revolution. There will be bloodshed and things. And I don't think he could get the military. Finally, General Milley said, I believe Chairman of the Joint Chiefs right now, he put a statement out on his Facebook or Internet account. He said, the military will not get involved in politics. We are apolitical. We built a country that gave us security and roads and a government to help us grow. Trump feels that that government belongs to him, and he owns it. He's just trying to take possession of it. The easiest way to stop him right now is by everybody. If you have to carry some people, my alter ego last week said, and she's done it before and I've done it, help people go to the polls. Whatever it is, different things shape us. I know that from when I was young, Minimally, by the time I was 15 or 14, whenever I started high school, there were some reasons that it moved around a little bit. But anyway, when I started high school, I went to a high school, a public high school in New York City. There was all boys, 6,000 students, a gigantic building. It was a technical high school. It was competitive to get in. There were tests. You had to write an essay back in the old days. This wasn't the internet type days. But when I went to that high school, the people that roamed those corridors were from every borough of New York City. They were every color, every background, whether it was Asian, Indian, you name it. We had them all. So one, that said to me, because logic has always been how I look at things, and when you look at things logically, it tells you, well, why is that idiot doing that? That doesn't make sense. Still, you're applying logic. You're saying that's not logical, what they're doing. What are they trying to get away with? All these boys that I saw and met and made friends with, they were from all over the city. They were from all different colors and backgrounds and everything else. But the only reason they were in that school was they took an exam that didn't have their picture on it, didn't have their race on it, and they were picked based upon what they did on that exam. So it was really unbiased. It was great. And that taught me that I've said before, like the old NAACP statement, a mind is a terrible thing to waste. They never said a black mind. They said a mind. As I've said, the most strategic and important asset we have as a country are all of our children. 
the more we make sure we educate them, keep them in school so we get everything out of them that they're capable of giving us, the smarter we are. So somewhere way back there, I started to just say, people are people. You know, hey, I see people who get their hair curled because they don't like it straight. I get people who get their hair straightened because they don't like it curly. As humans, we're not always satisfied with what we are, no matter what people think of us. You could tell a woman she's gorgeous. If she doesn't think so, it won't matter. So we have to understand ourselves, but we have to understand that this is our country. We paid for it over the years. I've told you that no matter what the Treasury is doing to help us survive during this pandemic, the value of our ownership of land and buildings and equipment as a federal government, forget the state and local, is gigantic in trillions of dollars. And we're not going to go beyond that with our deficit. That's why our currency doesn't tank. People in other countries who understand this, they know we have the value to back the currency that we issue. So to keep that, every one of us has one vote. If all of us get out there who's voting age and go to your polls and make sure that you're registered if you have to, check it out, bring your ID, bring the utility bill if you have to prove in some jurisdictions. A couple of weeks back, I put up a map. It's, I think if you go to NBC, you'll find it. It's a map on voting. You could look up Stacey Abrams, the uh, woman who ran for uh, governor of Georgia and lost to a character who helped rig the election. He only won by not many votes. So she went out and she formed an organization, I forget if it's called Fair Vote or something, but look up Stacey Abrams. She's a bright lady. She's been going around the country. She also has a lot of information on her websites when you find it as to where to vote, what you have to do, and what you need to do if you aren't registered. It's out there, folks. We have never had the wealth of information right at our fingertips that the internet has brought us. And it's free. You pay for your cell phone. Uh, you don't have to subscribe to the internet. You pay for it in your phone bill to a certain extent. Use it. Don't go off and wonder, what is this? What did they say? You don't need to have a college degree or a high education to question something. Just form the question and say, what is a blah, blah? Type it in your phone and hit that little search button. It'll bring you a bunch of answers. You just have to take the time to look through it. That's how you will learn what all of this means and the power that you really have. So I'm going to try and put a lot of this quicker in all of this. But remember, Trump said, and now he's trying to convince us that he's going to come and he's going to fix everything, although he said that at the beginning of his term that he's in now. As Biden has said and many people have said, this is your presidency, it's your country, it's your shit that you put out there. So only I can fix it. So what did he do? Taxes over a growing economy? No. And he 
he's going to keep lying to you that Biden's going to put $4 trillion of taxes. Listen, everything Trump says, when you understand him, it's projection. He's telling you what he will do or what he has done. He called it a mess when he got in there. Now, let me remind you, it isn't hard to look back. When George Bush hit that, what we ended up terming the Great Recession, when Obama took over office, we were losing 800 to 900,000 jobs a month in this country. 800 to 900,000 jobs a month. That's a lot of people. And Obama had to stop that collapse and turn it around, and he got the country growing, and he turned over a country that already had a low unemployment rate. It was in the fours when he handed it to Trump. A lot of people were working. The economy was making money. The debt was mainly from the Iraq and Afghanistan wars, which was a mistake of earlier administrations that we had to unwind. We couldn't just walk away from it. So when you understand how these things happen, Trump walks in and he's got a working economy. And as I've said before, as a trained economist, a 4% unemployment is considered full unemployment. The reason is that you need people, like you need reserves on a bench if you have a team. So if somebody gets injured, okay, or they get sick, you can pull somebody else off the bench and put them in. Any sport you look at, same concept. So you need people to back up. We kept growing as a country. Where did we get our backups from? One, we've controlled our birth rate because a lot of people, as we got to a modern era, decided I don't need 10 kids to run my farm. I'm going to live in an apartment somewhere or a house. And I want to be able to take care of my children. I'm not going to put them all on the farm. So we, we worked, and it was interesting. 50 years ago, this was the zero population growth. It was stupid. You still need population. People die, you need replacements. When we get to a point where no one dies, that's a different story. But part of how we grew as a country from the beginning was immigration. Trump is killing immigration. Part of why he's killing immigration, he understands numbers. If there are less people coming in, then everybody in the country is going to find it easier to find a job because we're not getting these new turnovers and replacements that we need, the life and death and births and everything else. So that's why the employment rate went down. He didn't do anything great. He just stifled the new talent coming into the country. He allowed more visas so companies can pay to bring people in that they need instead of giving those jobs to Americans. So between what he says and what he does are two million different things. He, Trump has an absolute lack of leadership. When you look at what's happening, and this is the man who said he's smarter than the generals, he can, only I can fix it, that statement at the beginning. When he got into the coronavirus, the COVID-19, and it didn't disappear, whether the one or two cases went away or it got to April and the weather got warmer. Anybody who understands viruses, that was bullshit and it was never gonna happen. So what happens? The economy in the last 22 weeks, 
21 of the 22 weeks, he had over a million people being unemployed. So Obama faced an eight, 900,000 loss of people in the economy of workers in a month that he had to stop, and that was bad. This man, and the reason for this is he not refuses to lead, he doesn't know how to lead. He knows how to insult, he knows how to steal, but he doesn't know how to lead. The projects that he even bankrupted, he hired people to build them. Trump Tower was built by a woman who knew how to run the project. So after he bankrupts it and doesn't pay his debts, he does keep certain things, but how does he stay there? Because he steals money from people. And he keeps moving it around as his father taught him. So I showed you. He did, and I've sent this to two. One's a major reporter with a law degree. Another one is a political organization that's making great ads called the Lincoln Project, which is a lot of Republicans. They named it after Abraham Lincoln, who are putting out commercials telling you how ugly this man is. And they're Republicans. So I've sent this because I still don't get it that nobody is seeing while he distracts us what he's taking out of our treasury. Conservatively, I have told people, at this point, he's taken at least a half a billion dollars, $500 million out of our treasury through different devices that's in his companies or his pockets. As I've said, I talked about it where he put the three men from Mar-a-Lago as a shadow board to run the VA. The VA by itself has a budget annually of almost $200 billion. Just giving out those contracts and taking them away from who they were going to, to different people. I go to my VA place and I've seen them rebuild stuff that doesn't need rebuilding. I've seen them put fences in around it that aren't needed. We're not being invaded at our VA clinic and hospital. But when he spends that money, he has companies that he's formed that are out there that Jared will manage when it comes to supplies, or he'll do, that will buy the supplies that go into this construction. And he hires a firm that'll do it, but he gets a fee or a commission for buying the stuff and putting it into there. So he, by doing that, he takes money from our treasury and puts it in his pocket. My $500 million dollars that he's taken at this point is conservative. I've told you it's gasoline. I am sure when we get to next week, before we get to Labor Day weekend, you'll see gasoline uniformly go up by 15 or 20 cents. It's happened before every holiday, sometimes without a holiday. So Rose Lawyer, October 2019, Melania took 21 trips to New York to get her hair done at taxpayer cost of 675000 or 32000 a trip. And that's probably not all of it. Again, if you figure out what else we paid for, whether it was lunch or other things that went into a different category when she put the slips in. Lisa, Trump talked about gasoline prices at his hate rallies yesterday. He reminded me how we got lots of money and supplies, we're energy independent. America was energy independent when John D. Rockefeller and people like him discovered they can set these oil companies up and cars were being produced and manufacturing was growing in this country. We weren't sending oil anywhere. We were energy independent. We had no one to send it to. No one was asking for it.
we were building up a different economy. I remember you told me that he makes a lot of money off a gasoline supply. It burns me. He said we're energy independent. So why is it that all of a sudden, when there's no disruption in gas supply or oil supply, and gasoline is a distillate in the cracking system of oil, so when it goes to your gas station, on average, when we didn't have the coronavirus, we were using 600 million gallons a day. A one penny increase, a one penny increase would be $6 million that they would pull in in a day. So when he gets the gas and oil companies and says, increase it, he probably has an advisory company that they formed that says, oh, I'll tell you when it's okay to increase the prices. What he's doing is taking money out of our pocket. He tells you we're energy independent. Yeah, but we're not crook independent. When he raises those prices, it doesn't all end up to the oil company. He's got a consulting firm who said, this is a good time to raise the price, and I get 10% of whatever you raise. I'm telling you, those amounts build up. One penny is $6 million a day. And I'm sure he gets more than one penny out of what they add to the gasoline. Because they're already covering the cost. This was an additional charge. So we're dealing with a crook. And as I said, I spelled more of this out to the people I wrote to. And we got a lot of smart people out there. I don't know why they're all not paying attention. Because if they would explain to the public, I'm sure all those working Republicans and even the wealthy Republicans would say, holy shit, is that what he's doing? Is that how much money he's taken out of our treasury? Because you know what? A lot of these wealthy Republicans, even if they use hedge funds and other things, they do pay some taxes. So it's their money that he's also ripping off. I hope that the people I sent these things to, and I'm going to try a few more people, really read it and put it out there. Because the New York Times a few years ago got papers on his father, analyzed it, took him a year, and realized how his father manipulated money when he ran his business. That's what Trump does. So, people out there, I got to say, there have been a lot of people. This is why I say I could write what I want. There are a million things to talk about. The Brotherhood of Humanity, or the Sisterhood of Humanity, whatever you want to call it, all of us, I've seen all these people coming out. Yeah, LeBron James, nice family man, makes a lot of money. He's a great basketball player. I'm not a big sports fan. My problem since I was a kid was I couldn't sit and watch. I've got to be in there playing. I can't be a spectator, just my own self. But so LeBron James, he tries to do good. And, I, and there are other ones. There was an African player who was here years ago. I think his name was Matumbo. He made a lot of money. He was a good basketball player. He helped his villages and the rest of it. So he spent his money for people back where he came from. Our star athletes who make tons of money. Look at Shaquille O'Neal. He's a smart businessman. I mean, I see him in commercials for anything and everything, from car insurance to pizzas to whatever. I've dealt with, because people who knew me knew I was not biased. I love people, any kind of people. I never let color dissuade me or anything else. If you're obnoxious, I won't deal with you. But I had people come to me when I was younger 
because a lot of the stars, and it was back in the days, I forget the name, it was either Reggie White or Reggie Smith at the Green Bay Packers, big guy, I'm a big guy. When I went to this hotel and visited with him because the team was in the area playing, I get an elevator with all these guys that are just monstrously larger than I am. It was an interesting feeling. But he wanted to help the communities that he came out of and other communities that he wanted to do. He knew, he found out like a lot of people that you can have money and you can bring money back to your community and it, it gets just dissipated. He wanted to do something more permanent. So because of a lot of people who knew me and I knew I had the financial background, the tax background, they'd ask me to go. I actually dealt, I forget the man's name, he was the first black mayor of Birmingham, Alabama. I think he was up to his third wife at the time and she was a Rhodes Scholar. So they paid for my expenses to go there and I answered their questions. They wanted to build theme parks so they put their money in something where the people they knew could get employed and the park would sustain itself. I mean, they really wanted to put their money, instead of just giving it back to the town and seeing it dissipate, build something that would be more permanent. So I can tell you that athletes who generally grew out of, like I did, a poor family or a working class family, they didn't forget where they came from. So it doesn't surprise me, I am happy to see this. If you know the bias that was in this country, you used to have black baseball leagues because they couldn't play in the regular baseball leagues until Jackie Robinson, until they changed that, and then the football and the rest of it. I hate to say it. If these stupid owners, because you can own, as I've explained to everybody, you could be a billionaire. All the assets you own mean that you're selling some goods or services to all the people who if we don't buy it, we're the market. If we don't buy it, your assets become worthless. So if all of these players decide, you know what, we've got enough money, maybe we'll form a black or Hispanic or a brown league. They shouldn't have to. Maybe these owners will get smart before it happens. And some of the owners are of color. So when they get to it, Mark Cuban. Last time I checked, I thought he was Hispanic. Uh, anyway, you got people all over who own things. If they don't get the picture that if you don't treat people right, maybe they won't go to your stadium. And you borrowed money from me anyway because it was from my locality that helped you fund it. You didn't put your money in there. You just brought your team so that you could Make money for our city or our state or wherever you put the team. People are getting smarter about this. People are understanding that they don't have to be richer, but they have a soul that they have to feed. And I am so proud. Doc Rivers, I never met the guy. He's a, a coach. African-American, black is how I refer to my friends way before they called it African-American. He almost brought me to tears because he was saying, what happens? What do I do? No matter what I tell my children. And Michael Steele, who was a Republican strategist, who you'll see on different things, he said the same thing. We try to do everything that we know might keep us from getting killed. Why don't you tell us what you want us to do? 
That's how crazy it gets. And you know what? It isn't white people who want to kill them. 